Myers. He's got Chris Moore down the middle of the field. He's off to the races again. They are not going to catch Chris Moore, who is going to go 78 yards for another Cincinnati touchdown. So Kilpatrick drives all the way to the basket. Lefty shot. Good. 4.3 seconds left in overtime. He takes the shotgun snap. Short drop. Looking. Fires down the middle of the field. Caught by Kelsey. He's running away to the 30, the 20, the 10. It's a miracle. A touchdown for the Bearcats. Cumberland swerving into the lane. Great spin move. Right hand layup is good. Spin cycle. Adds fabric softener later. Adams on Gary Clark. Throws it back out to Troy Copain. 308 left. Evans for three. Got it from the left wing. Boy, was that a big one. Tony Pike waits for the snap. Has the football. Short drop. Lobs one down the sideline for Bins. He's got it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Go Beer Cats podcast. I'm your host, Brandon. And as always, we're here to talk about the Bearcats and some beer along the way. Uh, <clears throat> this week, Beer of the Podcast is coming to you from Branch and Bone. Uh, this is a beer I got in a trade with my good friend Terry, who every once in a while, when we uh, see each other, we trade beers as the uh, ESPN alert goes off on my phone. Uh, but this this beer here, it's called New Energy from Branch and Bone Brewing. They're up in Dayton. Uh, it's a West Coast double IPA. 8.9%, everything you could want in a West Coast beer, or a West Coast IPA, I should say. Delicious, hoppy, smooth, even for the high ABV. I gave this one a 4.5 out of 5. Appreciate the beer, Terry. I know you're listening. So I'm going to be sipping on this throughout the podcast, and we do have a great one here for you today. I have uh, some former... UC Bearcat basketball players lined up here for you. We're going to be talking to none other than the helicopter himself, Melvin Levitt. And we are also going to be joined later on by Mr. Kashmir Wright. We're going to be getting their takes on what it's like to play in the Crosstown shootout, what the preparation is like, what it feels like to win the game, what it feels like to lose the game. Uh, Some great insight from both of those guys coming up here shortly. Before we uh, we jump into those interviews with those guys, uh, we've got a little football to talk, of course. Uh, we got The football Bearcats remained idle this past weekend. We're going to talk about basketball. The first basketball game of the season is this Wednesday against uh, Lipscomb. I think I'm saying that right. Uh, and then Sunday is the day of days, the Skyline Chili Crosstown Shootout. Before we dive too uh, far into that, though, I do want to uh, take a minute here and uh, thank all of you who are, who are listening and continue to listen to the podcast. I think it gets better each week, uh, mainly as I get better and we get more and more guests in here to talk uh, UC sports. Uh, eventually, we'll have uh, more people come in and talk about the Cincinnati craft beer scene. But with so much going on with, uh, with sports, I don't want to work too much of that in right now because I don't want to miss anything. Uh, so to you listeners... Uh, I got to say, uh, I really appreciate you tuning in each week. Uh, please uh, subscribe, leave a leave a review if you can, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. I think that's the only place you can rate and leave a review. So if you're listening on Apple, uh, subscribe and uh, leave a 
leave a review. I would appreciate that. And I want to give a shout out to to my listeners everywhere. So uh, through the the podcast um, service, I guess, or, or whatever the host that I use, uh, it shows you where your listeners are from. Uh, of course, the majority of them right here in Cincinnati, but uh, the Go Beer Cast podcast is international. I have listeners in Ireland. Uh, the UK and Canada, which I think is awesome. And uh, the podcast spans about 15 states, I think. Uh, so Ohio, Kentucky, you, you would assume those are, are two big uh, two big geographic locations that will tune in. Uh, but Florida, Missouri, Texas, Michigan, Oklahoma, North, South Carolina, Oregon, California, Virginia, and Illinois are all tuning in as well. Uh, so I appreciate that. Uh, However the podcast reaches you, uh, I think it's pretty cool. It goes clear to the West Coast and uh, as far south as Texas. That's awesome. So uh, thank you for listening and keep tuning in. With that being said, let's talk some football. The Bearcats, uh, like I said, were had a game canceled this week against Temple. Uh, I think uh, because of some COVID issues between both teams, I like I said in the last podcast, I, I thought the Bearcats could have would have blown the doors off off the Temple House this year, if depending on who played for Temple, it could have been a shutout. They might have scored a couple field goals, but I uh, there's not a whole lot to talk about because there's not a whole lot to to, reco- uh, to recap or recover here. So let's let's turn our attention to the focus of what else happened this week in college football. Some interesting things that could impact uh, where the Bearcats land in terms of the college football playoffs, if we're still going to, to break that that glass ceiling, or uh, at least uh, the uh, the New Year's Six Day Bowls. So let's let's look in, into uh, what happened around the country. Biggest thing that uh, we might want to keep an eye on was North uh, Northwestern. Uh, in the Big Ten, I believe they are ranked number eight, and they lost to Michigan State uh, on Saturday. Not will certainly knock them out of the top ten, and probably no longer in contention for the Big Ten championship game. Uh, n- number two, Notre Dame beat number nineteen, North Carolina, and to the maybe the dismay of some of you, uh, we definitely as Bearcats fans have to uh, keep pulling for Brian Kelly and the Fighting Irish. We need them to win out. Uh, that would eventually knock Clemson down to two losses. And I don't see the committee putting in a team with two losses over an undefeated team uh, or a one-loss SEC team. So if Clemson loses to Notre Dame again, that opens definitely opens the way for a team like Cincinnati. Also, you had uh, the Oregon State Beavers beat number 15 Oregon Ducks uh, in a matchup that probably featured like the worst color schemes or at least the worst uniforms of, of two teams this this year in highlighter orange versus highlighter yellow. Or the, the Beavers beat the Ducks, uh, so the Pac-12 front runner now has a loss. That helps. Number one, Alabama beat number 22 Auburn. That helps as uh, we need Alabama to, to win out uh, to make sure that only one team's coming out of the SEC. Number five, Texas A&M. They won, unfortunately, against LSU, but they only won 20-7, to which uh, gives them another okay win over a lousy team uh, on their resume. 
Uh, I, I forget if it was Ole Miss or Mississippi State. I think it was Mississippi State that they, they put up kind of a dud performance and still won. Uh, so that has them not looking good against an inferior opponent. I think LSU is now 3-3. Three and three. Uh, Number six, Florida. They beat uh, Kentucky. I was hoping the Wildcats would help us out and knock them off. Florida sort of stumbled out of the gate. I think it was tied like 10 to 10 uh, at halftime or just before. But the Gators finally woke up and they won 34 to 10. But again, not a great performance over the lesser lesser opponent. Uh, You have Ohio State uh, canceled, which now puts their postseason in jeopardy. There's a whole... Uh, rabbit hole we could jump in uh, jump in for that but I'm not going to go down there for now they're canceled with Michigan State and Michigan left uh, we'll see if they can get in those two games uh, and it kind of helps if they don't uh, because they wouldn't necessarily be eligible for the Big Ten Championship game but we'll see how that plays out the last thing to note here is in conference Tulsa and Houston which I believe Tulsa is up to number 24 their game was not officially canceled, but it's listed as postponed. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that as well. I believe Tulsa has next week off as well. No, they have they have to play Navy next week. So they have Navy, and then they have UC coming to town. So we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, it'll be interesting uh, is to see where the college football playoff rankings, uh, when it comes out again uh, later tonight, uh, as you're listening to this on Tuesday. So we'll see if if the top seven teams stay idle and where they were last week. Uh, that'd probably be best-case scenario after UC doesn't get a play Temple. With that said, just keep winning. We'll see what happens. Let's move on to basketball. It's here and it's happening this week. So the first thing I want to touch on uh, for the basketball season is everything's felt so almost, it's not secretive, isn't the right word, but for a lack of a better term, that's what I'm going with. Uh, we haven't been able to see the team, you know, exhibition games. Uh, the only thing that they put out uh, was there was a, a, red, a red red and black scrimmage uh, and, and uh, intra-squad scrimmage that they played. Uh I know Coach Brandon's wife, Lisa, put up uh, like a box score. And uh, I think someone on the team did as well on Instagram. But I would have liked to have been able to watch that. I know I I can't go to Fifth Third Arena and and watch, but I wish they could have maybe streamed that uh, online through a Facebook feed or something. Uh, I would have definitely have tuned in. I know a lot of us are, are desperate to see what the team even looks like this year. Uh, I think that they kind of missed an opportunity there uh, by not doing that. I think a lot of people would have been interested, and it would have been nice to see. With that, uh, UC plays this uh, this Wednesday night, December 2nd. It'll be very, very interesting to see how this basketball season plays out. Uh, right now, the last I counted, uh, thanks, thanks to uh, John Rothstein, Everyone has an opinion about him, uh, but he has, is keeping an active list of all the programs on pause right now. And last I checked, there are 40 uh, Division One teams on pause. Uh, of those 40, at least two of them uh, that I, after you know skimming down the list, I saw it was on the UC's schedule this year, which is Tennessee and Temple. 
Tennessee is uh, scheduled to come off of their uh, their pause or their quarantine or whatever they're doing uh, the first week of December, which uh, should be later this week. Uh, I've not heard when Temple is supposed to end there. So at least the Tennessee game should be good to go. Uh, let's not get ahead of ourselves here, though, because we got two big games here this week. Uh, the first one, like I said, against the Lipscomb Bisons, uh, which Bisons is, is the plural of bison. I'm not why, really sure why there's an S on there, but I'm not an English teacher, so I'll leave it alone. Uh, they started off with a, a win over the Lamar Cardinals, 76-73. looked like a nail-biter. And then uh, a couple days ago on Sunday, they lost to Tulane, uh, 68-66. So either Lipscomb got some stuff together, or Tulane is going to be terrible, or a combination of the two. We'll see. Uh, so that is that is Wednesday. I look for this to be your average, normal warm-up game. Work some kinks out. Pull ahead late in the first half. Uh, and, and treat it more like a practice the second half. But this is only November. And college basketball has been crazy already. With Kentucky losing to a nobody. And Memphis already losing to a nobody. So we'll see. Uh, shout out to Houston. Uh, they are picked to win the league this year, and they, they have a pretty impressive win over Texas Tech this weekend. Uh, good to see someone representing the conference well. After that game on Wednesday, it is time to focus on, and only on, the Skyline Chili Crosstown Shootout. It is a holiday in my household and has been for as long as I can remember. And this the year, you know, we saw the the video that Coach Brandon put out where they tried to move the the game around to different venues, tried to rework some of that, and, and nothing worked out for whatever reason. So it'll be interesting to see how sort of that drama comes to play this year, Coach Brandon's second year in uh, in the shootout, and. Uh, Coming, coming in into the fifth third arena, you have right now an undefeated Xavier. They've played three games, uh, some of them better than others, uh, but they are three and zero. They blew Oakland out of the gym, one hundred one to forty nine, uh, in their first game, and then Bradford. Uh, they desperately held on to win fifty one to fifty, and then just barely beat Toledo seventy six to seventy three over the weekend. Uh, somewhere in that mix, uh, Seth Davis of ESPN uh, has declared them as being Final Four good, uh, which would apparently be the best team Xavier's ever had, because uh, you and I know they've never been to the Final Four. Uh, I asked some of you what uh, on Twitter what your uh, Crosstown Shootout ritual is for game day. I had some some pretty good uh, responses there on Facebook and uh, and Twitter. Basically, either pace around your house or nervous wreck, or uh, power through, uh, start drinking early, and see where the day takes you. So it was pretty much the combination of everything uh, that you guys responded to, which which I can uh, I can relate to, you know. This one guy said, get drunk and yell at my TV. Uh, the funniest one on Facebook said, I go for a hike in the woods. I can't watch that game. It's not heart healthy. If we win, I go back and watch the recording. If not, I just delete it. 
so that's pretty serious stuff right there. Uh, for me, uh, in general, uh, I, I have to eat Skyline for two meals that day uh, to get my head right. Uh, so tip off, I think it's kind of early. I might have to go with a brunch and then a late lunch at, at Skyline to make sure I'm good to go uh, for the game, as always, and then start drinking heavily as the nerves kick in. Uh, but that's just us as fans. Uh, you know, we're, we're nervous. I think uh, for some of us, it's uh, just don't lose uh, instead of, hey, let's go win. Uh, I feel as though that's, uh, that's a, a pretty common uh, feeling or outlook for some, from some UC fans, at least the ones uh, that I know and can see on, on Twitter as well. Uh, but while I was curious going into this this episode, I wanted to talk a bunch about this, the Crosstown Shootout. It's a day that I look forward to every year, uh, but I've obviously never played in it, haven't uh, ever prepared for it, or felt the wrath of a coach after a loss from it. So I reached out to some former players here, uh, and I've got two of them here lined up that I think uh, will be able to give us very unique uh, perspectives and definitely uh, unique perspectives from two different eras in Bearcats basketball history. Let's just jump right into it. Here we go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm very excited to welcome in our next guest here. He is a former basketball Bearcat playing for the Bearcats from 2009 to 2013, uh, coming to you from Urban Christian Academy in Savannah, Georgia. You'll remember his, him as number one in the program and number one in your hearts. Kashmir Wright, how's it going, sir? I'm doing good. How about yourself, man? Thank you for the intro. I like that. Yeah, not a problem at all. Not a problem at all. I'm doing well. Uh, as I sit here uh, in Cincinnati, I'm watching the, the snow fall to the ground, which is pretty crazy. And me too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's kind of depressing, to be honest with you. Yeah, for real. Well, and, and I'm a I'm a school teacher, so I'm kind of thinking, hey, are we having school tomorrow? And all that's been up in the air with Corona anyway, so uh, just more uncertainty and something else to worry about, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but so we, I, I'm like I said, I'm really excited to have you on here. Uh, I was I was at, on campus around the same time that that you was, so I was always a big fan of you and many of your teammates that played. Uh, I was there until 2012, uh, so I, I want to get right into this. This is uh, all about the Crosstown Shootout that is that is this Sunday at Fifth Third Arena. Uh, I, I want to know uh, just a couple of questions here. I want to give the listeners, you know, some some behind the scenes perspective of what it's like not only to play in the game but to get ready for it. All right, so just a rundown. Uh, so you were two and two against Xavier, which yeah. I mean, and I mean, honestly, that's not bad for, as you pick out, you know, any player in the last, you know, 20 years, two and two is, is not, not that bad at all. Uh, and to the, the, your first game in the shootout, it's a overtime loss at Centos center, 83 to 79. Uh, the next one was one of my favorite cross down shootouts of all time. As I was in the stands, Watching you and Yancey Gates get it done in a 66-46 win, uh, where you had 10 points, two rebounds, and four assists, and uh, pushed pushed the team to 16 and 0. What uh, what sticks out in that in your memory about that game? I remember 
remember that game. All right, so what sticks out to me is uh, we gearing up to the game. We heard a lot about the uh, two Holloway coming in, and you know he was a really good point guard at the time. He still is. But we heard a lot of noise, and especially from last year when we had the Lance Stevenson on your team and you lose the game to Jordan Crawford mm-hmm. in overtime. So, you know, me personally, as a as a, um, as a a one of the leaders on the team, it was a big deal for me never to lose to Xavier or, or anybody that say at home. You know, at, at all costs, we must win at home. So we, we take that to heart, and the whole practice thing before that is extremely – you know, mentally preparing and exhausting because, you know, that's one of the biggest games that can literally change your season. You know, it, it can change it for the best and sometimes it can change it for the worst. Sure, sure. So, so uh, what, take uh, take the listeners through, uh, you, you hit on it there, what is practice like uh, leading up to, the, to a game like that? So usually it's intense. Uh, you, I mean, when I was there, we got like, I want to say it was a week in between a game. Mm-hmm. So it was, uh, if you can imagine, just a week of preparation. and But everybody's talking about the game for the whole week. So it's not like a regular game where, you know, you, you kind of gear up to it and you plan a game before that day or something like that. It's like, you know, the whole town is buzzing and talking about everywhere you go, people want to talk about the game. And you're practicing every single day, seeing the same people every day, like uh, the same moves. You just get tired of it. Sure. And you get tired of hearing about the people who you got to guard and what they're going to do and what the others, you know. Of course, Bearcat News will talk about Bearcats and, and Xavier News is going to talk about Xavier. And you just get tired of hearing about that and it's ready to play. Okay. All right. That, that makes sense to me, That for sure. So, so like I said, that's that game, uh, that year – at fifth third, that's one of my favorite favorite shootouts. Mainly because I was actually there and witnessed it. Uh, I, I've never been to to a game at Centos. Uh, tickets are, are just too hard to get, I guess. But so speaking of Centos, that takes us to your third year uh, or your third season uh, where you're playing Xavier, and this is the the notorious game that that still you know you get the uh the sound bites and the clips uh played on espn i'm sure they'll they'll play them again sunday so the score is is lopsided 76 to 53 uh what take us through that game and 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 all of the drama as it was leading up to it um Going back to that game, I remember it, it was the um, Sean Kilpatrick was coming out. You know, he was really coming into his own during that game. Uh, then it was the two Holloway, the Mark Lyons. Um, so it, it was a battle of, of a lot of egos going into that game, trash talk going both ways. Sure. And what, what, what the, the amazing part that I talk about to people, people don't realize the score, like how you brought up the score, how we got beat. You know, people got so missed in the fight that they don't realize, like, we got whooped. But we got whooped. We really did. We got whooped. Oh, yeah. And (laughs) (laughs) uh, it it was, you know, we we, we felt like we were ready for that game. But, you know, one like that Xavier and Cincinnati game, you never know how it's going to go once that ball goes up. You know, you can you can prepare all you want to, but that once that ball goes up, it it can be you can have the best team on the floor, and that night it, it just doesn't it doesn't click. And for us, 
that one game that year, it, it changed everything for the better. You know, we, we were having a, a, a bad season. You know, even more, we, looked, we lost to uh, Presbyterian before we played Xavier. Mm-hmm. So it, it was a bad, you know, a, a bad vibe going towards that game in the first place. So, so you, you talked about that, and I actually have that as my next question. So, so you have guys uh, suspended from the team. Uh, you know, you have Coach Cronin given you know that uh, that speech where it sounds like he's maybe even holding back tears, where he's saying, you know, he hopes the president doesn't ask him for his job. Uh, but like you said, that was the turning point of that season. And maybe something else that, that gets lost in the mix of all that is that was the last team that Cincinnati has put in the Sweet 16. So how, like, just, like, was it the mood at practice? Was it, were, were guys more dialed in? What what was it about the results of that game that, like, lit a fire under you guys? <laughs> all right. Uh, what I like to call this is Mick. Uh, people don't realize, I think this was Mick Cronin's transition to being a better, uh, when he became um, the coach that we know. Okay. Because gearing up to it, like I said, we, we lost the Presbyterian, we lost all this stuff, and Coach Cronin basically was gearing his offense towards, wasn't, wasn't benefiting the team. You know what I mean? We, mm-hmm. we, had a, we had a great player in Yancey, but we had a lot of great guards that were younger, and Yancey was the oldest one. You know, he was the senior. He was the one. But after the suspension happened, it, he allowed us to be more. He allowed the team to be more of a guards team instead of a, a bigs team. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and you know, that takes guts. You know, Yancey was the biggest recruit coming in there. I mean, besides Yancey, but hometown kid. But that took guts for him to transition offenses in the middle of the season. And nobody really picked up on that, but that's what really happened. He transitioned to – you know, being more of an open coach and letting us take shots and being more of an offensive-minded coach versus before that, it was more so like everything was built on, you know, passing the ball in the post to Yancey and playing defense. Mm-hmm. He changed he changed his whole, his whole style of play just because he didn't have the bodies to fit. And in return, what happened was it changed our season. I mean, and I think everyone was in the, was in the better for it. Uh, yep. What do you? Uh, I, I know we're a, a little off topic here, but what do you remember, or what sticks out to you about that Sweet Sixteen run? Oh, the, uh, the camaraderie of it. Like, like I said, when, when everybody gets suspended, it, it kind of drew everybody closer because we realized that when we when we uh, when we came to jams and everything, everybody was against us because everybody saw the fight on TV. Mm-hmm. So, of course, you're already going to be perceived of, of that way. Okay. But in return, we used it to our advantage because most times when we go up into a gym, you know, especially when Yankee came back, we would see the other team staring at us, looking. They watching us warm up and things like that. So we used that as, as fuel, you know, because we realized that people were afraid. Intimidated, intimidated. They were nice. intimidated. Yeah, yeah, man. That that I mean that I know. Uh, so, who did you guys beat in the first round of, of that year? Uh, I want to say it was was it Texas? It, 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 it might have been Texas, and then the next round it's it was Florida State, correct? Yep, that's right. So it was Texas. Okay, yeah. So Texas, and then Florida State, and that set up the matchup with Ohio State. Uh, and I, I got to tell you that week. Uh, in March, UC was on spring break, and like that, this was the only year that I ever went down to Panama, 
and it was me and like literally 30 of my fraternity brothers and and we found this hole in the wall local bar that we picked out and said all right this is where we're going to watch the uc game uh the sweet 16 game uh and so there's like 30 of us that take over this hole in the wall bar and at about i don't know maybe five minutes into the game there's you know there's maybe 30 40 uc fans in walks three ohio state fans and (laughs) they uh they quickly left (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they didn't they did not want they did not want to uh to sit there and enjoy the game but i mean that was uh-uh. that was uh that was a great time and, and like i said the, the last uh bearcats team to make a run like that hopefully we get another one here soon oh so too yeah absolutely so so that brings us that brings us to your final year uh playing uh the 2012 2013 season and uh it you uh, had a pretty impressive game, 15 points, six rebounds, four assists, and a 15-point win. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, this was the first game that was moved to U.S. Bank Arena. Correct. Yep. So what sort of what how what was the what was the feel around that, and how did that sort of change the dynamic uh, the year post fight? Oh, that was simple. Uh, I was a senior. Um, and going up to that game, you know, you you had me and Sean, you had Jaquan. Uh, going up to that game, we were the leaders. And like I said, like I told you before, I was never going to lose a home game to them. I don't care whether it was at U.S. Bank or or uh, Fifth Third. It was our home game. And, it was, you know, we just lost them before. And like I said last year, we lost, we lost by a lot that people don't know or, or forget to realize. Like, they beat us bad. So that right there, I took personal. Did, did the did, to you did the game feel any different not being on campus, or or was that just something that more bothered fans than players? I actually liked it. I, I liked the fact of having both sides there. So to me, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it, and actually the team enjoyed it more because, like I say, you get the back and forth aspect of it. it it's not just a home game where you know you get one side fans, and it's hard. You know, sometimes those games you kind of zone in. You don't hear the crowd and everything like that. But to to, to when the other team going to run and, they, and they're rocking and when we're rocking, it's kind of you know that aspect of it was great. No, oh, yeah, I wouldn't have thought of that. So because at US Bank they they did try to keep it like fifty fifty, right with yep. the with the, with the fans and I know that the student sections were like down on the floor. Uh, and stuff like that. So that, that's that's a unique perspective. I hadn't thought of that. Uh, and as you said, I mean, uh, SK had a huge game, 25 points, yourself of 15, mm-hmm. and Jaquan Parker uh, chipped in another 11. Uh, that was that was that was one to remember as well. Unfortunately, I didn't make it down to that one, but I definitely remember watching that and thinking, you know, this this team might have what it takes to you know to go to another Sweet 16 or something. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, um, I mean, anything else that you, uh, that you might have behind the scenes that, that fans wouldn't necessarily, uh, think about or, or anything else that you think, uh, listeners or fans should know about the Skyline Chili Cross Sound Shootout? got to pay attention to uh, uh, those games. I know a lot of people say it, but those games really do not matter who has the best team sometimes. 
because th- that is a what they would call a, a fight. <laughs> and and it seems like because in reality the coach is fighting for, for rights and saying he's the best coach in the city, and the, and both kids are, are playing to say you know we are the best team here, you know and that's a goal that's you know that's bragging rights for everybody for the whole year. You know nobody wants to walk around for a year and people keep talking about something. Oh, that's for sure. That that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and then even you know, even more more so for for guys like you that actually played on it, and you know, here we are, you know, seven years later, and you get a random you know DM from yeah. someone that wants to talk to talk about it again. I'm sure you get that a lot, you know, wherever you go. Uh, I do I do have one question here for you, Cash. That I, I would uh, I would be bothered uh, by myself if I didn't ask you about it, and this is. Uh, Coach Cronin, who's now now out in uh, sunny LA, where I'm sure it's not snowing right now. Uh, so he had uh, a way that he dealt with the media, uh, and it always seemed like t- to me that whenever asked about the shootout or or, or the game or, or anything to deal with it, he just on on camera or, or to the media, he never seemed that excited. Or he never never seemed to like hype the game up at all, and I'm sure he had his reasons. But was that just for the media and cameras, or do you feel like that's the way it was in the locker room as well? Well, I mean, can I ask me ask you a question back then? If it wasn't that important to him, do you think he would he would schedule a game in with a week uh, break in between it? Okay, okay, touche, touche. So touche. <laughs> okay, I'll take that. So it was one of those things where he he played it off because, like I said. It's, it's a recruiting thing. You know, Xavier was a big school. They were getting big recruits as well. So, you know, you want to win that game. And basically, when you go to recruit, when you go out to recruit somebody, these kids, you tell them, you know, well, I am, the, I'm the best one in the city. You don't go to Xavier, you come to Cincinnati. All right, all right. So I'll, I'll take that. I'll, I'll take that. I, I, I've always wanted to ask, you know, a, a Cronin player about that. So so now nah, that I know. He, I, he, he definitely took it serious. Okay. <laughs> <Definitely>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you you would know it's just as good as anybody. Oh yeah, a, yeah. a week worth of it. I'm telling you, he definitely figured <laughs> it. All right, all right. So, do you uh, do you still? I mean, you know, you have a, a long list of pretty uh, famous uh, teammates, or, or definitely teammates that you see fans would still remember. Uh, are you in contact with any of them, or even any uh, ex players? I talked to the crazy boys. I talked to uh, Yancey Steele. I talked to Justin probably. Every every day, Jaquan, I used to meet Jaquan, Cedric Glover, uh, Sean Mark. I used to work with at Jeff Wallace, so we all worked together. Okay. Um, yeah, I pretty much talked to it. most people. I still talk to SK, uh, Lance sometimes as well. Awesome. That's good. That's that's good to hear. That's that's awesome. So uh, you said that you were you worked with with some of the guys at Jeff Weiler. What uh, what have you been up to now? Uh, you know, and how's how's everything going for you? So now I am at uh, a teacher like you. Get in the, in the midst of getting my master's. Nice. Um, I'm at Clark Montessori. I am the JV coach at Clark. Okay. Okay, very nice. That's uh, also, that's like the Hyde Park area, yep. right? Yep, that's okay. right. Yeah, definitely. And also, I am the uh, I have a basketball program, uh, One Vision Academy, and we do AAU and basketball training. 
Awesome. So, I, I mean, you're definitely staying busy. Definitely staying busy. Now, I, uh, I'm a, a, middle, a middle school basketball coach, and our, uh, our season was put on pause last week. What's, what's that like uh, for you guys at Clark? So, it's the thing. Um, it's kind of been a, a, a difficult uh, year, to say the least. Um, we've had a kid that test. Well, we have two kids that test positive sure. so far. So, we've been shut down twice. Uh, we're actually going to shut down right now, and we don't get off until Wednesday. And our first game is on Friday. Oh, good luck with that. That's cr- that's crazy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's crazy. So, okay. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, definitely good luck to you uh, in the upcoming season. I want to uh, I, I circle back here real quick, uh, and then I'll let you go. I, I try to be respectful of your time here. Uh, so I know with with circumstances are what they are right now and now that you're a basketball coach this probably limits your time uh in the winter but uh have you made it back to many uh uc basketball games since you've uh, graduated uh i've made it to a couple uh i won't say i made it to a lot because at first when i graduated i went overseas so right kind of like overseas during the same time period so have you uh, have you met uh coach brandon uh or anyone on his staff yet uh, no, I have not, but I do want to. I'll probably get out there sooner or later. Okay, definitely. All right, well, uh, like I said, uh, Cash, man, I, I appreciate your time here. Uh, definitely uh, good luck teaching and getting your master's. And uh, on the upcoming basketball season with Clark, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll leave it at that, man. Everything was great. I think you gave some great insight on the, on the shootout, and hopefully the Bearcats get the W this Sunday. No problem. Thank you. I hope they do, too. Go Bearcats. Thank you, sir. All right, Bearcat fans, I need you to go ahead and strap in and buckle up because I have a very exciting guest here for you this evening. Uh, former UC basketball player that played from 1995 to 1999. You might know him as number 21 in the stat books, but you definitely know him as the helicopter. Mr. Melvin Levitt, how's it going, sir? How's it going, man? Doing uh, good. Doing uh, good and excited. About the 2020 season coming up here, you know, and our prospects. I'm having a good one. Well, other than that, man, I'm just enjoying uh, the holiday break. Just got back to work today. Feeling good. Absolutely, man. That's good. That's good to hear. Uh, so, w- what have you been up to, and, and what do you have going on lately before we get into this basketball talk? Well, it's been all education for me, man, the last several years. Uh, been working in the school system. I've been in the school district now uh, five years. Um, I'm in the ESL, English as a second language. Uh, so I'm getting a chance to sit in front of the world every day with the youngsters that I get a chance to teach. And I am uh, I'm loving life, man. I couldn't be happier, to be honest. That, that is awesome. That's, that's good stuff. I, uh, I myself am a middle school teacher. Uh, and uh, a guy that uh, I just talked to a little bit ago, uh, Kashmir Wright, uh, I learned that uh, he is into teaching as well. So we have a whole education uh, theme going through here uh, in this podcast today, which I love. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, who would have thought, after all the cruel jokes that our basketball program or our school suffered, as far as graduation rates and things like that, you got guys that's in that education field, man. <laughs> and making a big difference, I'm sure. Making a heck of a difference, man. I don't think a lot of people know 
honestly, I mean, I was being uh, sarcastic with the last comment, but I don't think really a lot of people understand and know, you know, just how important it is for us guys to, um, you know, continue to be ambassadors for the university, you know, do good things, you know, in the community, um, shed light on our experiences, you know, with the youth, you know, and again, obviously getting into education, man, and giving back, so to speak, you know, everything that you were taught, you know, to the newer generations that are coming up, you know, it's a blessing. Definitely a blessing for me, man, because I've been around now since 08 uh, in education. And I've been a part of a lot of school districts, man, and uh, I, I couldn't be happier about the opportunities, the doors that have opened for me uh, since graduating from school in 05. Uh, and again, I think we've, we've done a great job um, at leaving the university of uh, keeping the university in, in good light, you know, in the communities. Well, that is good stuff, man. I'm glad to hear that you're doing well and like what you're doing. That's always important as well. Gotta love what you do, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, Mel, let's let's jump right into it here, sir. We we uh, this is kind of uh, a weird season with with COVID and, and picking back up uh, from from last season, and you have the football team doing so well and, and you know playing lights out that I feel as though basketball season's kind of snuck up on us here, and not only basketball season with that you know tips off Wednesday for the Bearcats, but this Sunday is the Crosstown Shootout. And that's really where what I want to mainly focus on uh, in the questions that I ask. And, and, you know, I want to sort of give the the listeners a a player's perspective and what goes into this game. Okay. All right. So, so like I said, you, you uh, experienced your first uh, shootout in 1995, 1996. That was your freshman year, I believe. Uh, You're uh, you're a kid coming from like the Cleveland area, right? Uh, yes. Uh, right. So, uh, what did what did you know about the Cincinnati Xavier game, if anything, uh, you know, coming down from Cleveland? Uh, not much. Um, I, I didn't know. Um, I, I mean, obviously, I knew they played each other, but I didn't know. You know, the rivalry was as big, you know, as it was, you know, upon you know getting down here. You know, that first year I was eligible to, uh, to play basketball here at the university. Um, I came down on several visits. Uh, I got a chance to understand through fans uh, uh, the banter that goes on between, you know, XU and UC. Um, and then it kind of really manifested when I actually went on a visit uh, to Xavier, you know, um, which was kind of quirky. Pete Sears uh, went to my high school. Villangelo mm-hmm. uh, St. Joe, who was a shooting guard for Xavier, and I ended up staying with him on Xavier's campus, visiting UC. How about that? One? <laughs> is, that the, is, that the, is that the ultimate boss move right there? I mean, if I had a mic, I'll drop it. Right. Can't, can't yes. drop my phone, man, because I don't want to break it. Cost too much. All right. I had a flip phone for almost 15 years. All right. So um, I want to take care of this. Uh, iPhone or this uh, Android I got. I understand right? so that. I don't, don't want to drop. I don't want to drop this. But the ultimate boss move from Melvin Levitt during his recruiting days, all right, is that I stayed on the university or Xavier University campus while visiting the University <laughs> of Cincinnati. Take that, Muskies, or take that, uh, you top ESPN 
players in the nation. That's boss move right there, baby. That is. And, and I mean, don't you – like, I, I imagine you get, like, free swag and, like, T-shirts and stuff on your visit. Uh, or at least, you know, they, they dress you out a little bit. Are you are you going back to Xavier's camper, campus just decked out in UC gear? <laughs> I never after that, man. I never after the visit uh, to stand there. I never got an opportunity to go back on campus, man, and, and show off the duds. But I, I posted a couple recruiting letters uh, from Xavier back then at that time, man, and just kind of joked about the fact that they couldn't even spell my name right. Uh, so how could I? How could I actually go there, man? And they can't even spell my name right. I, I think that's huge. I, I know I follow you on uh, on Twitter and Instagram, and I know I like uh, when you post that kind of stuff. I mean, you've posted letters from other places too. Uh, you know, blue chip programs that you know sent you know Melvin, you know Levitt, ITT, or you know. Or Marvin Levitt, I think even one of them said, or something. So I like that insight. So of course you you put those in the in the trash pile and, and keep the ones that that know you a little better. Yeah, definitely. It's a, it was it's a common mistake, man. People, you know, often sometimes still at the University of Cincinnati, uh, still slip the eye in there, and I'm thinking like, how can you do that when <laughs> the, the, the post actually clearly reads L E V E T T. But, you know, I, I was having fun, you know, with the universities and things like that. It's just with some cool things to come across, you know, during these quarantine times, man, that I thought, you know, maybe having a little backstory, too, about the recruiting process, you know, some people would enjoy. But also, man, it was very important to me, man. Don't, don't make no mistake about it. It was very important to me that people, you know, knew who I was. And the University of Cincinnati, um, I, I can't post the amount of letters that I received and a lot of the amount of information I received from the school, from Bob Huggins and the athletic staff, um, they continuously, continuously bombarded me with, with things and information. And that was at the end of the day, man, I think the, the telling point and why I chose to come to the university. You, have, you know, Midnight Madness was cool and that was fun uh, to, to watch and see, but, you know, Having them call my high school, you know, two times, three times a week, um, sending me letters. I'm getting letters two, three times a week um, in the mail from them, uh, just about the university and how the program is doing and all that stuff. This really made me feel like they wanted me, man. Um, and in the recruiting process, you want to be wooed. Uh, sure. We don't have what we have today, like these youngsters have, as far as you know, going to some of these campuses and doing some of the things that they do. But um, you want to you want to feel important, um, and that was one of my main things was that you know if you know University of Cincinnati made me feel important enough, then you know I was going to make the decision to come here. Yeah, um, we're all glad that you did. That's for sure. Uh, so this this first season uh, that you're playing for the Bearcats, you're playing for the legendary Bob Huggins. You guys peak at number three in the rankings, and take a trip to Cincinnati Gardens uh, to beat Xavier in your first year, 99-90. to 90. Uh, Do you remember anything about that game or, or what stands out uh, oh, about that everything. game? And everything. I mean, you know, first and foremost, you know, the, the hoopla that, that was going on in, in the gardens, man. I mean, you know, Xavier Faithful packed that place. I think UC had about 20 people there. <laughs> they only gave out a certain amount of tickets. Uh, but I just remember the hoopla, man, it being, 
you know, over the top, you know, it was, it was hot in that place. Uh, and Danny Fortson, man, put on a, uh, a show that day that I'll, you know, I'll never forget. I mean, he had several games where he couldn't miss, but that game, um, with the rebounds as well to go along with the 40 points, man, he, he was on a different planet, but my, my fondest memory is being chased down at the end of the game by Pat Kelsey, where I was just getting ready to send everybody home with a helicopter special. And he just came out of nowhere, man, and, and just tackled me, man. <laughs> it, wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't like, you know, this, this, you know this, this heavy impact crash, but it was enough to knock a guy out of the air like myself who was already in flight and, you know, kind of knocked me to the ground. And, you know, I kind of gave this look, you know, looked around like, hey, man, what was that all about? He kind of just walks away. I look over at our bench. Danny Forsen is just cracking up <laughs> because I guess he kind of knew what that was all about. But me as a freshman, man, I'm thinking like, what the heck, man? I'm ready to ready to go after this dude. But getting into the locker room and understanding again what the game meant, that guy did not want his team to get celebrated on in that fashion with the clock running out. And if it's me and that's them and they're in that position, I think I'm going to have to chase somebody down and foul them too at the end of the game. You can't blame them. Just, I, mean, I, I, can't, I can't blame Pat for that. I sent out a tweet about it. I gave him much respect for that because, again, I understand what the game meant and I understand, you know, what competition is about. So, you know, it was no harm, no foul. The only harm and foul was Danny just laughing, man. <laughs> I mean, Fortson just cracked up. He just laughed, man, just kept laughing at me. I, I just didn't understand that part. I, 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 I did not understand that. But, again, it was fun. Absolutely. <laughs> And so maybe uh, at least for uh, for Xavier fans, the next year you guys are playing at the Shoemaker Center, and this is I mean this has to be if you're a Xavier fan, you know the game that you, you bring up, uh, you know at the holidays or or whenever the weeks are leading up to to the the Crosstown Shootout, you have number one Cincinnati in the Shoemaker Center, and Xavier's Lenny Brown throws up this one-handed floater. To beat you guys seventy-one to sixty-nine, uh, take us through that and what that was like. Well, the week leading up to the game, um, you know, Hugs was kind of like, you know, foreseer of things. Often, mm-hmm. you know, kind of let us know, you know, what was getting ready to happen to us due to attitude and lack of preparation. And, you know, that that week he was kind of on us about, you know, preparing for Xavier and taking them lightly and things like that. And, um, you know, we, we saw early in that game that it was going to be close. It was going to be tight. Uh, give those guys credit. Obviously, they came in and played, you know, a phenomenal game. You know, I had that one shiny moment with the buzzer beater. So I know for Lenny, uh, beating us at that level at our place, you know, with a shot like that, I know, you know, as I am, I'm still on cloud nine from Duke. Right. So I know he still was great about that and their university does, but, I think for us, I, I don't think we played enough guys that game. You know, if you remember that roster, we had a lot of guys, man, a lot of, a lot of talent on that team. And I just think the, the bench was short that game um, as far as the numbers go. 
we didn't usually, you know, we didn't run as many guys as we usually did. Right. Probably due to the circumstances of the game or whatever, but I do think that was a major factor. I think if several other guys would have got the opportunity to get out there and play a little bit, you know, it wears them down some more, you know, because, again, we were strength in numbers that year. Um, but, again, you know, give those guys credit, man. They played a wonderful game, you know, made a made a great shot at the end. And just remember um, kind of being, you know, obviously shocked, you know, and, you know, you're looking around the arena and everybody's, you know, got these different expressions, you know, on their faces and mm-hmm. realizing, again, what just happened, you know, and you got to take that trip into the locker room and listen to Coach tell you I told you so. And those those are one of those moments, man, that, again, that, that brought brought us together because, again, you know, when, when he did that and he told us how we reacted and, and things happened the way he said it was going to happen, you know, we had no choice but to, you know, understand it and, and get our stuff together. It's kind of a kind of an eye-opening moment for you guys. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so let's let's fast forward here. Ninety-seven, ninety-eight. Uh, you guys are back at Cincinnati Gardens. You're taking on Xavier, who who is the highly ranked team this time. I believe that they were number seven when you guys uh, played them this this year. And uh, another loss for the Bearcats, eighty-eight to sixty-nine. Uh, remember anything about that one? A lot of turnovers. Uh, we turned the ball over uh, heavily that game, which, you know, obviously, you know, they predicated their offense uh, on a lot on their press. And once they were able to get an open court, you know, and get some um, easy baskets, you know, they, they made that game, you know, end up looking the way it looked. Um, obviously, with the, you know, obviously putting up almost 90 points, it looks like, you know, we didn't show up. You know, it was a complete blowout, things like that. I do remember playing to um, – a lot of guys playing to exhaustion that night. You know, myself, I remember, you know, after the game, um, just my whole body cramping up pretty much. My body just, you know, seized up on me. I remember, you know, being in the training room for almost two hours after that game once we got back to campus, you know, just trying to get my body to relax, you know what I mean? Um, standing in the shower, you know, wherever it took, you know, just to kind of, you know, alleviate, you know, really what was going on. But, yeah, they, they ran us to exhaustion over there, man. I don't think we were, you know, in the shape that we thought we were in. Um, and, again, I think we, you know, we didn't go out and execute the game plan as, as obviously breaking our press was the game plan, and we didn't do a good job of that. And that's a, you know, a game like this. Uh, I mean, turnovers, turnovers can be, you know, the tail of the tape. Uh, you know, we see we've seen it a lot th- throughout uh, the series, and uh, you know, you're absolutely right. That's that's another one that, that plagued the uh, the Bearcats uh, with turnovers. Uh, but now let's let's go. Let's talk your senior season. Uh, like you, you you mentioned here, you guys take down the the Almighty Duke in the Great Alaskan Shootout, uh, and then uh, maybe a couple weeks later, I, th- I think it is here. Uh, you have the Musketeers coming to the Shoemaker Center, and you guys beat them by 10, 87 to 77. Uh, and, and you got to feel good leaving, you know, your senior year with a win over, over Xavier. Yeah, you know, in those games, you obviously, you know, you want to leave a mark. You want to play well. You know, first and foremost, you want to be, 
you know, remembered it as, you know, the Crosstown shootout as, you know, one of the guys that had an impact. And, you know, the first two years, I, I didn't get that, that staple, so to speak, as far as point totals. But, you know, uh, I think my junior year, I had 17 or 19 at their place and then came back, you know, my senior, I think I had maybe 21 or 23. But that senior year, man, was it was get back, so to speak, as they call it. You know what I mean? It was run it back, so to speak. And you're at our house. It's payback time. And whatever happens tonight, you know what I mean? Um, we, we're gonna we're gonna make this we're gonna make this thing happen, definitely. And that was the attitude uh, we took uh, going out there for that game. And you know, we went out there and kind of put the foot to the to the gas early. You know, kind of held the lead early. They made their runs, but we were kind of able to keep that stretch uh, up to at least, you know, between between six and six and ten, you know, pretty much. And you know, we ended up running away with the game in the end, you know, with some rebounds and some free throws. But mm-hmm. yeah, that uh, yeah, you wanna you wanna go out, you know, you wanna go out a winner. Um, I joke, you know, with people sometimes about being two and two, you know, with them, and had I been you know, one and three or oh and four, you know, we might have a problem. You know, I may still be <laughs> upset about, you know, the Xavier Wars, but, you know, splitting with those guys, you know, definitely, you know, obviously for, you know, your personal uh, reasons, you know, you feel good about the game. You still, you, you own a little bragging right, so to speak, in the conversation. I mean, absolutely. I mean, two and two, you know, as of maybe, you know, the last 30 years, Two and two has been, you know, as about as good as it gets, uh, and especially winning, you know, going out your senior year with the win, absolutely nothing to be uh, to be griping out about that at all. Uh, Mel, let me ask you a question here because there's a lot of talk about what you guys would go through at practice every day of the week with Coach Huggins. Uh, in your in your memory, do you feel that that intensity uh, increased when when you guys knew Xavier was coming up, or did did Huggins treat it? Uh, he was so intense, it just was like any other game. There was so much going on around that game. I mean, that's, that's a weird game, man. You got to be careful about the scheduling. You know, if you're a coach, mm-hmm. because there's so much that goes into the Xavier game. You know, for people that don't know, you know, you have these little the skyline luncheons and stuff like that. You have the interviews that go on. Um, everybody wants to talk about this game. So, uh, you know, a lot gets taken away, so to speak. You know what I mean? Um, you don't you don't get a chance to really hone into the game a little bit because there's so much hoopla going on around it. Mm-hmm. And by the time game time comes around, man, you're going on adrenaline anyway. You know, X's and O's don't matter. Your records don't matter. None of that stuff matters. It's just all adrenaline. But, again, during that week, if you allow yourself to get caught up in, again, all the interviews, the TV stuff that goes on, again, the the, the skyline stuff that go on through the week, not sure as much as goes on now as it used to. Mm-hmm. But, again, I, I know that week used to be filled with a lot of different activities. Um, but as a player... You know, again, your 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 responsibilities to the media, you know, before practices or after practices, you know, doing practices, all that stuff, can again take away from preparation. So it's kind of 
you know, important that you just kind of stay within yourself, man, and don't get too high or too low about it. And you bring that up being too high or too low. A lot of times, especially, you know, in the last like 10 years, uh, you see that either one team, either either the Bearcats uh, or the Musketeers, they jump out to a big lead early. Uh, and whether it's, you know, whether it's either side, it, it, the games aren't always that close. It feels like they're either, you know, lopsided for, for whatever team is going to win. Uh, do you uh, just attribute that to, to teams being more prepared or is it more of who can handle the emotions and the adrenaline better? What do, what do you think that is? Again, man, I don't, I don't, I mean, preparation, man. Um, again, I, I think you, you can, you can throw all that stuff out of the door, man, because again, this is a rivalry game and the tensions and are, are so high, but again, you can't not focus on your job at hand and playing solid basketball, boxing out, rebounding, you know, doing all those little things that you did in other games. Because if you forget about the doodle, forget about those things, that's how the game quickly turns. Mm-hmm. Sometimes in these games in a crosstown shootout, you, you want to go up and down, you want to go bucket for bucket, you want to go run for run. But if you fall into that trap of either team sometimes, that's how that game ends up being a little bit lopsided. Because one team does not have the necessary tools to combat, you know what I mean, offensively, what that team may be doing defensively in the press, like I alluded to, you know, my sophomore year. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, my, my junior year, I'm sorry, but we got beat over there. Yeah. Um, not not taking care of being a focal point, taking care of the press was, you know, our, our key in losing that basketball game. So I think, again, you know, preparation is key, but again, you have to just control your emotions, man. Emotions can can play you so many different ways. Um, it can make you feel like you can hit every shot. It can make you feel like you can run through a wall. You know what I mean? It, it can be tricky at times. Sure. It also can make you feel like it's not the time. Emotions can also make you feel like, you know, make you a little bit tentative. You know what I mean? So, again, you just got to, you know, play it safe, play it cool a little bit. I, I hope they certainly do that this weekend. Uh, I, I can't, uh, you know, I can't wait for for the game. As you, uh, you know, I'm, you know, you're you're here in Cincinnati, like you said, and uh, set up shop here uh, pretty much. So uh, you're pretty close to the program. Uh, I'm sure you follow it. I, you know, I follow, like I said, I follow you on Twitter, and I, you know, I'll see you uh, commenting and, and saying some stuff about the the teams and, and what they're looking like. What do you uh, what do you expect from the Cincinnati Bearcats basketball team this season? Well, I expect them to just capitalize on their success from last year. Um, guys came out; and they had a had a pretty good pretty good year. Obviously, that was you know, cut pretty short. Mm-hmm. Uh, and looking what this year coming in, you know, as far as their recruit, um, Coach Brandon's got a pretty good recruiting class. Uh, picked up some really, really nice veterans, which I think is going to be a major key. You know, coming back with, you know, Keith, uh, Zach, um, and Mamadou. You know, you got guys like, you know, Micah, uh, Zach, sort of, uh, and um, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's, uh, I think it's, what is it? It was Zach, Micah, and Jeremiah. Yeah, Davenport. You, know, you, yeah. Have, you have those veterans, but then, like I said, you go get a, a David to Jesus from to Julius. I'm sorry, 
a transfer. He comes in, you know, he's a veteran, you know, and then you, you get a, is it Evanaskis? Oh, I'm still working or, on that. I, your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> I think it's Ivanaskis. You know, he's a you know transfer that came in uh, that that should help. You know, a veteran guy. Um, so you know, I look at again what what he's what he's got to offer with the newer guys, uh, Mike Saunders, uh, Terry e- Tari Eason. Uh, yeah. Sorry, um, I, I think the Madsen twins. I think these guys are going to be man pretty good. I mean, a few others I haven't mentioned. Uh, is it Victor Locken? Locken? Mm-hmm. You know, we, they, they should be they should be pretty good. It's a formidable roster that, again, that has some experience. Got some guys that know how to win. Been in the trenches. Uh, knows what Coach Brandon wants. And that's important to kind of teach the newer guys that's coming in the culture uh, and things like that. So I'm looking for uh, guys to have a successful year, man. I'm excited about the campaign. As we all are, I'm very sure. Uh, Mel, I've got a couple questions here for you. You know, I, I want to respect your time. I certainly appreciate you hopping on here and talking uh, to me for a little bit. Um, but, you know, looking back, you, you had uh, mentioned, you know, the roster of guys that you had and you played with uh, here at UC. Uh, and like I like I said, you know, you're, you're topping out at number three in the country. You're topping out at number one in the country. Uh, and, you, I mean, you guys were, were loaded uh any pick any year that, that you were on the squad, Mel, uh, and some of those players uh, are, are maybe still around or are still um, visible. But do you uh, do you still talk to any of your your former teammates or even any of the former Xavier players? Well, for a few guys. Uh, I mean, obviously with social media, you know, it makes it a little easier to kind of catch up. For sure. You know, with guys and what's going on. You know, we try to you know stay in touch as much as possible. Uh, not as much, you know, in touch as, you know, I think guys would like to be, you know, um, we like to come together a little bit more often, you know, but again, life, you know, leads us in different directions. Sure. Um, I, I coached um, in years past with Darnell Williams. Okay. Um, played with uh, Gary Lumpkin a little bit, a couple minor league teams here locally, uh, him and Lenny Brown. So, you know, been able to kind of have that relationship with those guys afterwards. Uh, I've worked with several, you know, Xavier uh, fans, so I'm able to kind of share, you know, that little, you know, piece with them about, you know, having a relationship, you know, obviously through playing and off the court. You know, there was a mutual respect at the end of the day. You know, um, well, when it came about as far as playing those guys, yes, we, we hated each other, didn't like each other, but we respected, you know, what, what each other had to offer. And I think that's what made our games good. Or I should say, great. Sure. Uh, oh, yeah. That's that's what makes the rivalry great. Uh, I think we just need to kind of get back to again, you know, having that game on each campus, you know, as it usually as it usually was, you know, and getting that fan fanfare back a part of it. You know, the the new age students, as I call them. Um, <laughs> I've been to several games. They're pretty riled. They're hyped up. I I enjoy um, the was it Bearcat Ruckus. Oh, yeah. I enjoy what I got the offer, um, and, and looking forward to hopefully one day, you know, all Bearcats being able to get back together and and enjoy, you know, what we love, you know, which is uh, University of Cincinnati Athletics. Absolutely, Mel, and, and I, I tell you, I, I know I've uh, I've seen where you've you know you've been in games recently. I'm, I'm sure you try to make it out to, to any of them that you can, uh, and, and when things are back to normal. 
uh, next time I see you at a, at a Bearcats basketball game, uh, I'll buy you a beer on me. Because uh, oh, I, no. I, I appreciate uh, you, you doing this for me. I have a, nah. I got two two more questions here for you, uh, and then and then I'll let you go. I, I think everything's been great so far, man. Uh, this this question that came to me uh, a little bit ago. So if you take in any past or present UC basketball player, if you could line them up uh, and captain Melvin Levitt is it has the first pick out of any of the everyone else, who's the first guy you're picking to be on your team uh, for open gym? <laughs> Open gym. Open open gym. Uh, running fives, full court, and any Bearcat past or present. Who who are you picking first? Okie dokie. And I'm a, this is uh, it's personal. It's dear, and anybody you know, I want to say really knows Bearcat basketball because I know people know Bearcat basketball, but. Some people don't know the inner working of Bearcat basketball. Mm-hmm. Okay. And back then we had uh, study coordinators, um, academic advisors, so to speak. Okay. And we had academic advisors by the name of Jim Burbridge. Okay. Okay. Has a son here, a couple sons here locally, a nephew, brother here is a big time OHSA referee. Um, and Burbridge passed away uh, years ago, but when you when you ask that question about pickup games, and you can talk to any Bearcat that was around from '92 or '91 to '98, '99, they can tell you about Jim Burbridge. Okay. Okay. Jim Burbridge would line us up in the old Lawrence Hall and we would play four hours, man. Alright, we would play, we would play, we would play. And it's just his heart and his spirit for the game. Okay? That we were drawn to just playing three on three, two on two, and we would play for pop. You know, and it was fun because he would always say, All right, male, this one is for the pops. Whoever lose had to buy the pop for the winner. You know <laughs> okay. what I mean? And, right. You know, if you play, you play the Lord's Hall. You know how hot it gets. All right. You you want a cool, refreshing drink after that game in Lord's Hall because there were no air conditioners. There was just fans, man. I'm telling you, it was brutal. But um, Jim Burbridge, yes, he had an unbelievable heart for us, man. An unbelievable spirit for the game. He loved us. Uh, he loved University of Cincinnati. He loved Bob Huggins. He loved everything that had to do with the university loved loved the game period and that's why i say if i was going to play five on five because i know somebody was going to go out there and play hard all the time and i had a chance to win because his jump shot was wet <laughs> all right his jump shot was wet and it was from deep and it was so weird because he would bring it across his face like alonzo ball and cock it behind his head because he was small, all right? Yeah. He had to get that extra that extra lift and that extra throw, and he would just launch that thing, man, and it was wet every single time, man. So 
that's the guy I would like to play. You know, Mike to have amongst a couple other guys. You know, Lazell Dirty can run all day. Uh, Darnell Burton can run all day. You know what I mean? I want guys like that, man. Guys who are going to run up and down and play defense. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I love that. That's good insight uh, for the listeners here. Uh, I love it. So, last thing I want to ask you, Mel, is uh, is about Bearcat Jam. Uh, you know, a lot of uh, new aged fans, as you, as you say here, or or the uh, kids on Twitter or, or Facebook, you know, they might uh, not be able to, to remember you as, as the helicopter dunking on people, uh, and, you know, and taking on some of the best of the best. But what you've done the past couple of years with Bearcat Jam, Jam is sort of uh, you know bridge the gap between uh, young and old, or or you know new and the the less remembered. Uh, so I, I want to ask you about Bearcat Jam, where that stands, where uh, you know the tournament stands, and uh, are you looking to do that again uh, for this year uh, if all goes to plan? Oh, of course, man. Uh, Bearcat Jam is is something that. You know, I've gotten really, really excited about as the years have gotten, you know, gotten in. You know, it's our third year, you know, and um, missed the opportunity to be a part of it this year. I think, you know, a lot of alumni teams, you know, were, you know, um, I wouldn't say so much upset, but disappointed that they didn't get that regular opportunity to, you know, maybe be selected, mm-hmm. you know, to be a part of the tournament like usual. Um, they took 24 teams and. You know, they took the top 2014 that they thought that could represent the tournament in the best way they did. And, you know, I have to look at it. Um, although I'm biased, I would love to see our guys in it. You know, they had some great games. Um, you, you, if you watch the tournament this year, a lot of games came down to the wire. You have some big, big upsets. Um, and I think that's what the appeal is, you know, for a lot of teams is that, you know, hey, you can line up against, you know, some of these guys, you know, at these, you know, bigger – uh, alumni schools and, and, and come out victors. Uh, so this year, you know, uh, we're looking to kind of put the the team back together again. We had a very, very nice roster this year. We had some, some new additions to the roster, which I was very happy about. You know, some guys are really excited about joining us. Uh, we want to keep that, that energy, you know, moving on into this summer, hopefully, you know, with the, you know, COVID maybe, you know, kind of simmering a little bit and things kind of opening back up you know, a little bit more, um, hopefully having that opportunity to have the, the regular fan, you know, the fan vote take place again. And, um, you know, just again, try to put out the best thing we can for the university. I think it's a good chance for guys to get back in, you know, to the university, uh, a connection, uh, stand connected to the University of Cincinnati basketball, uh, stand connected with each other, uh, at the same time get an opportunity to compete, you know, uh, stay sharp if you're playing professionally and play for $2 million, man. I mean, the pot was a lot slimmer this year, but you can't, you know, you can't, uh, can't blame, you know, going out there playing for $2 million, man, and playing six games and possibly <laughs> coming out $2 million a little bit richer. I mean, each guy don't get $2 million, but, you know, you bought 100, 150000 each, you know, if you win that thing. So I don't think that's a bad payout, man. If you can win six games. No, not at all. And and I I, I went. Uh, me and uh, you know a handful of my buddies went up to Columbus uh, when you guys played at Capitol uh, and watched you guys. And uh, there were a ton of Bearcats fans there. Uh, I mean, without a doubt, uh, 
over half the gym was packed and loud, uh, you know, most of the game. Uh, you know, and I, if I get that opportunity to go watch you guys again, uh, you know, I'll certainly do that. And if uh, if we need to have you back on the podcast to uh, to make sure you we get the the fan vote out there and put you know Bearcat Nation and Bearcat Jam where it needs to be, you know, we'll certainly do that as well. Yeah, that, you know, that's the one thing I'm proud about. You know, the, the fan base. You know, they really stepped up. You know, in our inaugural season. You know, they came up uh, and supported us. That, you know, as we've you know been trying to build again the last several years. You know, we get newer and newer people. You know, become a part of what's going on. We're excited about you know the new social outlets like yours. You know, coming on and, and giving us a push. You know, we thank you for that. The pub. You know, and, and anything that we can you know, obviously do for you guys. You know, I'm willing to. But you know, the more and more you know people that to get involved, know about what's going on, I think we'll show the TBT how reputable, you know, the University of Cincinnati can be. Um, hopefully they're watching our football program and watching what's going on on campus because we have, you know, a lot to offer here, man, here in the city alone. You know, we got good things going on at the University of Cincinnati and in the city of Cincinnati. So we just want to keep pushing, man, putting the best product out, man, and hopefully, you know, the TBT gets around to maybe hosting us one of these regions here soon. Absolutely. Mel, I, I appreciate your time, sir. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll leave it at that. I think you gave us some great stuff. I definitely give the listeners some, some insight uh, to the shootout and, and the program in general. So I appreciate that. Uh, I, I will let you go. I know I'm, I'm sure you'll be up and, and busy tomorrow uh, back in the education field. Uh, I know what that grind is like. So I'll let you go, man. I appreciate you coming on. And uh, if you have anything else to say, go ahead. No, I just want to give a shout out, man. Uh, you know, obviously, all Bearcats out there, happy holidays. You know, stay safe. Um, you know, go Bearcats. Uh, I think it's going to be a, a really good campaign again down there on campus uh, for Coach Brandon. Let's get behind him, you know, let's support him. Uh, if we're able to get down there in person, let's get there. But if not, you know, if we can do things virtually, uh, we can correspond through social groups. Let's do that. Uh, the more Bearcat fanfare, the merrier, all right, as we approach Christmas. Oh, absolutely, man. <laughs> you, see how I, you see how I played that, right? Perfect, merrier, perfect. Merrier Christmas. Man, <laughs> I, I, hey, whenever, whenever you need something, just call me, all right, because I got, I got a lot of them. I will. I, I will do it. I'm just gonna leave it. At, leave it at that, man. <laughs> All right, buddy. I appreciate you, man. Thank you. I'll talk to you later. No doubt. I've got to give a huge thanks to Mr. Kashmir Wright and Mr. Melvin Levitt for jumping on the podcast here with me uh, this week. They gave us great stuff. Hope to talk to them in the near future as well. And I hope you guys enjoyed. As always, do the social media thing. Like, subscribe. All of that jazz. And as always, cheers and go Bearcats.